Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Yeah, live around the world on the internet at MichaelDukeshow.com and across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or FM translator. Hello, good morning, welcome to the program. It is that that Thursday edition, I was going to say Monday, that was wrong, it's a Thursday edition of the Michael <clears throat> Duke Show Hello, and how are you guys? Are you uh, are you all ready for it? Uh, the wind down is about to commence. <laughs> yeah, what day is it? It's the one that ends in the Y. That's exactly right. I can't tell them apart. They all end in Y. So it's Thursday, and we are ready to go. It's the chilly Thursday. It's like about 10 degrees here at the, at the, uh, at the uh, old radio ranch. Uh, and of course, uh, you know, we're, we're experiencing the weather changes as they come through, which I'll give you a little bit more of some blizzard warnings down towards the peninsula and everything else. It's, it's one of those, it's one of those things, one of those things, uh, stuff and things. That's what it's all about today. Uh, all right. So what's coming up on the program? Well, in hour one, uh, we're going to, uh, um, we're going to uh, go ahead and uh, just hang out, you and me. I've got the phone lines open um, today. So the phone lines are up and ready to go in hour one. We're just going to hang out and talk about things. Sure, <clears throat> there are some political stories we could talk about. Uh, I mean, the governor failed to uh, failed to approve the, the uh, uh, chief executive of the Kodiak Launch Complex. Uh, and then remove uh, the chairman of the board as well when they asked why. I mean, we could go into that I mean, if you really want to. Um, and, of course, the uh, Permanent Fund Corporation has now voted to seal the records of any executive director reviews uh, to keep that from the public. Because, you know, it's always good. It's always good when a, when a, a public body decides to seal away and cut the transparency, that kind of stuff. That that always works. But you know what? I just don't care about it. I just don't care. Don't care. It's not it, it just doesn't even matter at this point. What are we gonna do? Um <clears throat> I'm going to uh, sip uh, sip my hot cocoa and just kind of sit back and relax and watch the Christmas tree uh flat. We finally got we had all our decorations up yesterday. Uh we had all our decorations up. We've had them up for a week or week and a half or so. Uh, but my son finally made it over last night, and we uh, we were able to trim the tree, which is always kind of the fun thing to do. We trimmed the tree, we got it all squared away. It was uh, you know it was uh, it was it was fun. A little bit of Christmas music, a little bit of the <clears throat> twinkling lights, and quite honestly, I'd rather just sit in front of the tree and drink coffee and hang out. That that's uh, that's what I want to talk about today. 
coming up in hour two, though, uh, we are going to get into some politics only because, uh, oh, well, I booked this <laughs> I book. I booked this uh, interview long before I decided that I'd had enough of, you know, politics. Uh, Dr. Douglas Frank is going to be joining us uh, in hour two today. He's going to be with us for a couple segments. Uh, he's going to be coming up uh, to uh, Anchorage, Juneau, Anchorage, the Matsu, and Fairbanks. He's doing a whirlwind tour of the state, and he's coming in to talk about election integrity. And so we're going to have a conversation with Dr. Frank in hour two, and uh, we'll see what he has to say, uh, you know, get his take on things. Um, and, uh, you know, maybe, maybe he's got some ideas on how um, – you know, on how to fix uh, the fractious nature or the, you know, at least the imp- the appearance of impropriety in uh, in our elections across the state and across the nation. Um, I am not one that buys into the uh, <clears throat> the whole thing about uh, a vast conspiracy to overthrow the election, but I believe that there are problems with the election overall with elections. And some of our voting things and systems and 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 I think the major problem is, of course, even the mere appearance of impropriety um, undercuts and undermines the people's faith in the veracity of elections. And I think that's a problem. So that we'll, we'll talk with Dr. Frank about that in our two of the show today. Coming up tomorrow, it is Firearms Friday and we will be joined tomorrow by... Um, uh, Jacob Sullum from Reason Magazine for the final Firearms Friday of the year. And he's going to be talking with us about a couple of the latest stories that he's written, including the state of New York and one of the, the courts in the state of New York have decided to kind of give the fat finger to the Bruin decision uh, on a couple different things. And so we'll talk about that tomorrow. Uh, because, you know, it's firearms. We do have to talk about politics when it comes to firearms, but uh, that's a little bit more relaxing for me than anything else. And then next week, <clears throat> we're going to uh, do all Christmas all day for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. That's all it's going to be. It's going to be Christmassy. We're going to talk about favorite things. It's just going to be open line, uh, like on Monday and then Tuesday, it'll be Brad Keithley and the Christmas Top 3 and Chris Story. We'll be sharing his Christmas memories and everything else. Then on Wednesday, Mike Shower will be joining us. And on Wednesday, we'll also be announcing the winner of the Recipe Contest, which is going on right now on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Michael Duke Show. Just go there and click on the picture of the big holiday spread. There's a picture with a bunch of... There's a ham and some cookies and cranberry sauce and everything else, and that has got uh, that has got a uh, a bunch of recipes on it, and you can go out there and check them out, and you can vote for them, um, or post your recipe as well, um, uh, whatever whatever you want to uh, whatever you want to do. I haven't seen a new recipe in a couple days. Um, I see a couple days ago. Um, it looks like uh, um, uh, Rick posted something from him, and I know that uh, Brian had posted his grandmother, uh, his grandmother's uh, uh, chocolate peppermint bars. That was about a week ago. Haven't had any new recipes go up there here in the last few days, though. So that's a little disappointing because I really want to see your recipes, man. Anyway, uh, we'll see who wins that. 
and we will uh, we will uh, we'll let's, let's just do it. Yeah, uh, let's just do a show about nothing, says Rick. That's how Seinfeld started, just all over the place. I mean, you know, it, worse things could happen. Worse, worse things could happen. I mean, we could just, you know. And then Donna says today that the governor is releasing his budget today, according to Twitter, which is a day early because usually they wait like right up until the 15th, which is what the, the Constitution says. They usually wait right up to the 15th to do it. Um, but we won't be covering that budget until the 2nd of January. That's when we're going to cover it with Brad Keithley because I just I refuse to get down into the dirt on that stuff uh, right now because it doesn't it just doesn't matter. Uh, it, wow, that sounded really nihilistic, didn't it? It just sounded real. I mean, <clears throat> it just really doesn't matter. Um, it, you know, it, it, sure, in the grand scheme of things, it matters. But today, with what we can do and what we can talk about, I, uh, I just no, it's it's fine. All right, so phone lines are open. I guess I should start right there. Make sure that you guys know, powered by our friends over there at Satellite West, 907-433-3150. 907-433-3150 if you would like to uh, sound off today on anything Christmassy. Anything you want to chat about, it's kind of uh, um, thankful, <clears throat> excuse me, thankful Thursday. Thankful I said we're going to thankfulness, thoughtfulness is what we're going to focus on here, and uh, and and we'll we'll start off right there. 907-433-3150. I also have a slew of good news. Oh, I like this. I like the good news, and we'll be uh, we'll be diving into that as well. Meanwhile, I guess we should start with um, uh, what's going on with the weather. Well, that. Uh, that snowstorm that blanketed uh, South Central uh, on Wednesday, uh, it brought uh, 16 inches of snow from the upper DeArmond Road uh, all the way down to seven and a half inches of snow out by the airport. Um, but the, st- the, the South Central area, both Mat- Matsu and Anchorage, is going to get a two-day reprieve from snow. But that does mean colder temperatures, <clears throat> as witnessed by what I'm seeing right now. It, it got a little colder, got a little colder, uh, but <clears throat> that's just going to continue here. And then the long-term forecast says uh, colder over the weekend. And then next week, it's, uh, well, let's just say it looks like snow. It looks like snow everywhere. It's going to be, it's going to be snow all over the place uh, for the next uh, seven days in the South Central area anyway. Sunday, chance of snow. Monday, chance of snow. Monday night, chance of snow. Tuesday, chance of snow. It just goes, it just keeps going. Just It's just nothing but white stuff, which is okay. That's that's how we roll. We're just, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to deal with it. The state does say, by the way, though, that, uh, and this is more for the Anchorage area folks than for folks in other parts of the state. I know you guys have been cold um, and wet, uh, and, and more, but the state did say it's going to meet the deadlines to remove the latest snowfall from the Anchorage roads that it is responsible for, which people in Anchorage seem to have a hard time understanding that there are certain roads in Anchorage that are state owned roads, state owned, state maintained, and that the city is responsible for more of the, you know, feeder roads and neighborhoods and things like that. Uh, but they say that they're going to get it all done. 
Um, they're going to get it all done in time. Uh, the city, on the other hand, says because the snow was so much, because there was inches and inches and inches of snow, uh, that they're going to be, uh, they said it's going to be up to 120 hours or so by the time they get completed, which means that they won't be done plowing the new snow until between Monday night and Wednesday morning. And as I just pointed out, all next week it says chance of snow. So this, this just seems, sounds like a game of whack-a-mole. You know, they're just constantly trying to play catch-up the whole time. Uh, and then finally, if you live down on the peninsula, you can expect some uh, blizzard conditions due to blowing snow uh, down towards Whittier. Uh, wind gusts of 45 miles an hour, uh, reduced visibility of a quarter of a mile with possible whiteout conditions. All that blowing snow is going to reduce uh, visibility significantly. And uh, westerly winds in and around Whittier will quickly increase this morning in the wake of several rounds of heavy snow. And uh, they're expected to finally diminish sometime six before 6 p.m. tonight. So it's an all-day thing today. So that's... That's your weather. That's your state weather. I just, you know, I don't know how we got in, started into talking about the different weathers other than it's just been kind of weird back and forth. But uh, there you go. I've shared it with you. You're all, you're all good. Um, and that, that's, and that's the rest of the story. That's the rest of the story. Okay. Um, that's it for the moment. Like I said, phone lines are open. If you're ready to go, we're ready to go. We're going to be back with more here in just a moment. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. fake your holiday spirit or you can just try to find it for real happy holidays good luck with that streaming live every weekday morning 6 to 9 a.m on facebook live and michaeldukeshow.com okay okay what's going on here uh rick says he has one above at the house you know, I'm just looking here. It says it's a little warmer here. Oh, I lied. It updated. It's five degrees, not 10 degrees. It's five degrees. So confusing. So confusing. Um, Denise says uh, she's excited because all of her boys are home for the holidays, except one. He comes in on the 21st. Well, good for you, Denise. That's so awesome. So awesome to have all the family around you, isn't it? That's just, that's just important, you know. Um, good morning, good morning, good morning. Uh, Denise says, Tuesday night, picking up the kid from the airport, Tudor was so bad, they were trying to clean up the side of the road, which made the next the lane next to it almost impassable, four-wheeling down Tudor. I know, we were driving down Tudor yesterday, um, and... And then there's some of the side roads, and it was like, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> it's just, you know, 
Oh, man. Rattling your teeth. Rattling your teeth. So, Melody says one above for her in Wasilla as well. Um, Bill, Bill said, it's come to Mike, it's come to my conclusion that there are many good people in Anchorage that have a hard time understanding anything. That's the thing. I mean, the people that don't, you know, and I, and I'd laugh because I'd be like, well, you understand that this is like, a, this is a state road and this is a muni road and this is, and they're like, what? I'm like, yeah, different organizations are responsible for different parts of the thing. I mean, that's, you know, like, that's ridiculous. I had no idea. I know. I mean, that's, you know. What do you, what do you, you know, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, good morning. 24 in Soldovia, six degrees at 3.5 mile on KGB. Yeah. It's about, it says five degrees here. Rick says he's at one degree. So, I mean, I don't know. It could be up, down, sideways, whatever. Um, All right. Well, hey, the phone lines are open if you guys want to sound off on anything. I'm I'm ambivalent. <laughs> I'm feeling you know, it's almost to the point of where I I've almost I almost reached the point of bah humbuggy, not on the season, but just on <clears throat> the rest of it. But I mean, yeah, I was reading the headlines here and it's like uh you know, Dunleavy rejects the leaders of the Alaska Aerospace Corp. And then he, he then he cut out the board and then he did this and then he did that. And then I saw that the permanent fund board wants to conceal the CEO's performance evaluations from the public. And then and I was just like, ooh, I mean, <laughs> where do you even start? Where do you even start with that? Let's, you know, that just... I, I just don't understand. I don't understand this governor right now. I'll be honest with you. Uh, I mean, I think Mike is a heck of a nice guy. Every time I've met him and talked with him, he just seems like a nice guy. But something changed. Something fundamentally changed from when he was first, from when he was first elected in that first year, and he got that that drubbing. You know, he's like one of those. He's like, <clears throat> you know, he's like one of those dogs has been beat down and then it kind of flinches every time from then on and it kind of changes you know if you ever seen a dog that got beat so bad that it just it changed you 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 know we've probably all seen one of those throughout our lives and it was like something just changed and i don't know what and i I mean i don't know I'm, i'm assuming that that had a lot to do with it maybe there's larger political aspirations i have no idea but it's definitely different. <clears throat> definitely um, different um, f- than what we norm that you know what we expected. I guess I should say. Definitely a whole different deal. But that's about as much as I. Uh, that's about that's about as much as I want to talk about that because I just don't. I just don't care. So. Um. 10 degree, 10 below, says Jeffrey. That's why I don't live in Fairbanks anymore. I'll be honest. It's one of the main reasons. I mean, I love the place. I love people, but no, I'm just, I'm fine right where I am. This is just enough cold for me. Thank you. All right. Well, here we go. We're going to jump into this. Let's get it done. The Michael Duke Show.
All right. <clears throat> Welcome back to the uh, program. It is the Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. Um, Rick uh, brings up an interesting point in the chat room. We were just we were just riffing in the chat room. Um, phone lines are open, by the way, at 907-433-3150 if you would like to uh, hang out with us today. And that's what this is. This is just like a water cooler hang. We're just sitting around the coffee pot, kibitzing about the world, you know. But um, it, uh, it it's interesting. Rick just brings up a brought up a point. He says, because we were talking about weather and snow and things like that. He says, he says now everyone has to ask, how are the roads? It used to be you just got in the truck and you go. We always got to work or whatever. Now it's like, OMG, it snowed. How are the roads? I'm not sure I can make it. I'm not... <laughs> and, you know, he does have a point to that. I mean, prior to the socials, right, the social media and everything else, you just went, you just went to work. <laughs> I mean, now, maybe you, in, if it's Fairbanks, it was just like, you know, how cold is it? Oh, it's 47 below. Okay, better start the truck an extra 30 minutes early at 47 below or 50 below or whatever and take your time going into work because the, you know, you still got that flat spot on your tire for the first 4 or 5 miles. You guys in Fairbanks know what I'm talking about. The rest of you may have no idea what we're talking about, but when it's 50 below and you don't have a garage and you park your car outside, you could let that thing run for 2 hours and it's all hot and toasty inside, but the second you hit the road, there's a little bit of a flat spot frozen on your tire and it's like and it just you just kind of go like the until the tire friction of the tire warms it up and it takes that flat spot out. I mean, you guys in Fairbanks know what I'm talking about, right? You know, that that's just you know, <clears throat> unless of course you're elitists with a garage, us plebeians didn't have heated garages, some of us. And uh, but you know, you just did it. You just you just went. You just you know, you're like how much snow? Six feet. Well, we'll take our time. You know, oh how cold is it? Fifty seven below. Okay. Well, we'll throw an extra coat in the car just in case, and uh, and everything else. But yeah, that's it, it has changed, Rick. It has changed, kind of this whole crowdsourcing thing and the whole social media thing. You know, now everybody's like, well, how's how? I mean. Even I do it. I'll jump over onto the – there's a Facebook group for the Glen Highway driving back and forth back to Anchorage, and I'm part of that group. And if it snows or – I just – you know, I'm curious. I'm always going in. I mean, I'm almost always going in. and But I'm still curious. What do people say? Oh, it's good. It's bad. It's, it's you know <laughs> – it's, you know. But I'm still going to go because you're right, Rick. We used to be – I think we used to be a little tougher sometimes. <laughs> You know, that's what I'm saying. I think I think we just used to be a little tougher. Um, <clears throat> Stewart says he calls that thing with the flat part of the, he goes. He says he calls that the Flintstone tires. But yeah, I mean that's it. It will literally the first mile or so. It will literally rattle your teeth out if you try and go too fast before the tires warm up. It's uh, it's 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 crazy. It's crazy stuff. Um. Jeffrey says, it's not my driving. I'm concerned about the pilgrims driving. Well, that's how it always is, right? I mean, we are probably, <laughs> we are the responsible ones. We don't do it. I worry about, but I will say that <clears throat> there's plenty of times when I'm driving down the road under, you know, sketchy conditions 
and I'm in the right lane, the slow lane, and I'm going, you know, 50 miles an hour in a 65 because that's what I think the conditions warrant. And people just go right on by me. And I'm like, okay, see you in the ditch later on. You know, it, it is what it is. It, it, you're right. It's it's the people who I think are just not thinking about that they, they could just go. It's, you know. Oh, man, it's uh, it's great. Um, so, uh, what, 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 what else do I got here? Oh, I got some, uh, I got some good news. We got some good news stuff and I'm, I'm happy. I'm looking for the inspirational. Can you point me in the direction of the inspirational news? Thank you, please. Um, I had to call this, I had to call this one justice. This is the story that. I'm Batman. I mean, it had to be, this is just had to be like the perfect, this had to be like the perfect storm, the perfect scenario of justice. In the creative use of the justice system of English common law, a woman in Ohio was sentenced to two months work at a fast food restaurant after she was recorded throwing hot food in the face of of a Chipotle worker. Remem- reminiscent of the Seinfeld episode where Jerry and George come up with a pilot for a TV show about a man sentenced to be George's butler for a year, the woman was asked if she preferred jail time or to walk in her victim's shoes. According to the woman's attorney, she pled guilty in the court of the Honorable Timothy Gilligan to a misdemeanor assault charge and was given, given either the choice of 90 days jail time or 30 days with 60 days of mandatory service as a fast food worker in addition to a $250 fine. In a statement provided by the court, the woman's attorney read that she was truly sorry for what happened that day. The judge said, I was thinking, what else can I do rather than just have her sit in jail? I don't see her at any greater risk than anyone who walks in off the street. He said, pondering whether her reputation would make it impossible to get a job at a restaurant. Uh, He said, I looked at it as someone who lost her cool. She's going to learn to work in fast food, and hopefully it will be good. That was from the Chipotle worker who she assaulted. Um, The the judge hopes for the same, uh, pointing out that it would hardly be otherwise when considering the quality difference between jail food and even a poorly prepared burrito bowl. She she's gonna get a. I gotta say right now, it it she's gonna be a, get a real crash course in uh, in the entitlement of the average American uh, shopper. I guess is what I would say. Um, it is a it, it is a, it is crazy. It's just crazy. But I I think this is the perfect. This is the perfect opportunity. I'm shocked. My daughter who worked, uh, both my daughters worked at re- in retail. And they would come home with stories about how people treated them in, you know, in the in the line working at the stores that they were working at. And, you know, I guess the first thing, all I can say, and maybe it's just a different day and age. It's a, it's a... Uh, uh, you know, people are are afraid of the litigiousness of society or whatever. But I got to be honest, if I was a manager in any of these places and people came up and, you know, in this example, she threw a hot bowl of food in the guy's face. That's, you know, 
But I mean, in just in some of the stories that my daughters have told me over the last couple of years that they've been working in retail, uh, you know, my first question is, well, where was your manager? Because if the manager was, if I was a manager, I'd take the stuff out of everybody's cart and tell them to leave the store and never return. I mean, that's the only way you're going to stop that kind of behavior, the Karen-like behavior of all these people who just, you know, it's the entitlement that just because there's somebody working behind the counter, you can yell at them. My daughter came home one day in tears uh, because somebody had yelled at her about, I can't even remember what it was. It was the dumbest thing. But he just like literally was chewing on her, just just shouting her down. And, and, and eventually the manager did come and ask her to leave. But what... Why would you do that? I mean, here's a kid, obviously, a kid, you know, 19 years old or whatever, working the counter, making 12, 13 bucks an hour, whatever they're making. And you're just going to yell at her about things that are beyond her control because she said, no, sir, the company policy is this. I mean, sure, get mad about it. But why do you, you know, so this to me, when I read this story, I thought that's perfect. You know, all I can say is she better hope that her burrito bowls are perfect. Otherwise, she could get a dose of her own medicine. So to me, this is, I call that justice. I call that justice. That's what that is, right? That's what that is right there. Um, Here's another great, um, here's another great story. Um, Charles... Jeffers has been playing with Legos since he was four or five and credits one of the most famous of all toys for helping him to learn math and engineering concepts and how to be focused, flexible, and creative. It occurred to him uh, that many kids don't have access to play tools like Lego and that their emotional and cognitive development suffers as a result. He's a senior at Redwood High School in Marin County, California, and realized that by getting Legos into the hands of kids who can't afford the name brand toys, he could also avoid having them ending up in the landfills. So in 2020, he launched Pass the Bricks to address both of these issues. He and his volunteer-based team repurposed used Lego bricks into new original sets for kids in marginalized communities who don't know about them or can't afford them. Pass the Bricks has an open model program template with four key steps. First, they collect the used Lego bricks. Then they sanitize them. Then they sort them uh, into different shapes, sizes, and colors. And then they create new sets with the used bricks and deliver the sets to kids in marginalized communities. The team distributes this set uh, to kids in need uh, or through partnerships with 11 various nonprofits. One in particular that's flourishing is Jeffers' ongoing relationship with the multiple chapters of the Boys and Girls Clubs of America. As part of this, Pass the Bricks delivers a specific numbers of sets each month, usually 50 sets per month in San Francisco, for example, which they can then include in larger deliveries to kids and families in needs. Now, to date, they've delivered over 3,000 Lego sets to kids in need. Pass the Bricks. Um, and it's just, you know, it's just, it's just crazy. He now has over 20 volunteers working with him and has expanded the program into the communities of San Francisco, Marin County, Portland, Austin, DC, Richmond, and Los Angeles, and is now looking to scale the program up even further. So if you've got some, you've got some Legos, you might want to, you might want to, 
might want to do that. I mean, that's just freaking cool. And my understanding is, is that now Legos as a company also has a program where you can mail in your old bricks and they will, they will do some of those things as well. I, I, I just saw it in passing, but I just thought that that's cool. That right there is, uh, is a pretty cool use of their time and, uh, and a good way to grip back. I mean, I loved Legos as a kid. Legos were so, so cool. And boy, there's still some, man, there's some sets out there. Have you seen the, the Millennium Falcon one, the 700 and something dollar Millennium? It's, it, it's, it sits on a, on a dining room table. It's that big. I mean, there's some big kids Legos out there is what I'm saying. Some big kids Legos. You will, you will love it. All right, uh, we got to go. Um, hour two coming up. Dr. Uh, Frank is going to be joining us to talk about election integrity and uh, some of the changes that he suggests. He's coming to Alaska to talk about that. And uh, then tomorrow, Jacob Sullum from Reason Magazine will be joining us for Firearms Friday plus Wooly Waffle. And uh, we'll be back. We've got one final segment for this hour, The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Christmas time again. Your kids are counting on you. Yeah, Dad! Now, if only someone would do something for you. Honey, headache! Oh. Streaming live every weekday morning, 6 to 9 a.m. on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay. Okay. What else we got here? What else we got here? Um, okay. Um, um going over here. All right, coming from you is is this true, even in the power sports industry. Um Michael Mike King says, I left Maine in January first, nineteen ninety four with eight dogs and a sled in my truck and nine days later uh I was in Salcha, no cell phone. I would call home from a payphone every night and let my grandmother know where I was. Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Cheney says, I've been in line since June. What are you in line for since June? Um, what is a marginalized community? Uh, you know, poverty, poor people. It's a nice way of saying poor people, I guess. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, Legos are, uh, Legos are amazing. Jennifer says, go see my recipes I posted. Did you post new recipes since this morning? Cause I refreshed this morning. I didn't see anything new. Maybe let me refresh the page one more time. Oh, it's a magical Christmas. Scrolling through, scrolling through. Oh, look at that. Papa's cheesy holiday potatoes for the crowd and grandma's. Oh yeah. I did see Alaska's grammary. Uh, I talked about that yesterday, uh, Jennifer, the cranberry pumpkin bread. That sounds amazing. Amazing. Uh, 
<clears throat> we didn't have Legos growing up, so I played with pellet guns instead. I did both. <laughs> pellet gun wars. Don't tell mom and dad. Pellet gun wars. <laughs> You'll shoot your eye out. Uh, oh, man. Uh, they sure do suck when you step on one in the middle of the night. Well, yes, I would agree with that. I mean, there's nothing more torturous than who needs caltrops when you can just sprinkle Legos on the floor. I mean, that's what it is. Mmm. Mmm. All right. Beg shamelessly like Bill did. That's how you, that's how you do it. Okay. Guys, help me here. I have <laughs> I have no interest in digging down into political stories. I would just rather hang out. I thought we we had a fun show yesterday with Sarah Vance and um and then uh the week before with uh Ben Carpenter and now Mike Shower. Um I just, you know, there's something about just hanging out and chatting about the past and, uh, you know, reminiscing nostalgia, you know, I mean, that's, that's just, that's just cool. My hair just will not, I mean, what little I have left is just, it's not cooperating today. Um, vote for my recipes, drunken apple dumplings, white, oh, what the, the what drunken apple dumplings. Did I miss something? I got to refresh this page, like full refresh, like clear the cache refresh, because I did not see drunken apple dumplings. Um, so it's refreshing here. Let me let me just see what. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Schmores. Uh, my dad posted uh, Grandma Fran's cranberry relish. My grandmother's my other grandmother's cranberry relish. Um, oh, man, there's some good most. Some contents that, what? Some comments have been filtered out. I want to see all comments. Stupid Facebook. Why does it do that? I don't understand. We're going to go ahead and filter some of the comments because we think that you we know better than you. Shut up and just show me all the comments. I can take it. Drunken apple crumble. Uh, uh, no, uh, apple dumplings. Ooh. 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 Uh, cosmic crisp apples, pie crust, brown sugar, butter, cinnamon, nutmeg, one cup of your favorite bourbon. Oh, shut up. That is, is delicious. Oh, gosh. Oh, okay. Well, that was part of my problem is that some of the comments were being filtered, apparently. My, my headphones are keeping my hair under control. Yeah, because if I didn't have headphones, it'd be like, hello. Nelly, I mean, you know, it's just how it is. All right. <clears throat> Sorry, Rick just was like, you will put your eye out. I, we will put your eye out. Okay. Uh, I don't know what we're going to talk about here in the next segment. I do have some good news stories that we can continue with, or you could call in and we could just chat. I'm, I'm all good. Let's do it. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Ho, ho, ho.
we were just we were just we were just talking about new recipes that got posted to the recipe page, and Judy's uh, <laughs> comment was, "Vote for my recipes." She's got a, it's a drunken apple dumpling pie. And she says, like white trash. And then she said she just got flagged for hate speech because she said white trash. <laughs> oh, my God. The, the, the PC police are out. We can't even mock ourselves anymore. We just can't. We can't even mock ourselves anymore because that would just be too. Somebody might be offended. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I offend? I re I remember, I mean, it wasn't too long ago, and I've talked about this before, it wasn't too long ago, though, that uh, I, somebody posted a video about these young girls. It was a video of them driving down the road, and this enormous spider, it looked like a cane spider. If you ever lived in Hawaii or spent time in Hawaii, you've seen cane spiders. They they look monstrous. They, they're har harmless, but they look like some kind of giant monster spider. You know, they're an inch and a half across. Anyway, the spider was in the car, and they swerved off to the side of the road. And they jump it out, and they're like, get it out, get it out. And it was the funniest thing, right? It's a funny video. And, and, my, and my only comment was, well, now we have to burn the car. You know? Because it was a, the car. That's the only way to get the spider out of the car. It was a And I got, a, I got a, an incitement. I got a strike against my account. That's why I just don't really post on social media anymore. Because here I was. It was just some kind of innocuous, funny comment. And it was like, you get a strike against your account for inciting violence. <laughs> I mean, what? That was it just, yes, you got kicked out for, I mean, it was just like, I can't even, I can't even. I mean, it is, I mean, how much, JD2 Chili, who's on vacation right now, just had, they just reposted a story. Uh, in Reason Magazine, reposted a story from a couple of years ago that he wrote uh, while he's on vacation in his absence. And the story was about, you know, kind of the cancel culture and, and everything else and how that's led to not just what it does is people are self-regulating themselves to the point of where they won't really tell you what they really believe uh, because uh, of they're afraid of the appearances or the, you know, they're afraid of cancel culture or what. And that's kind of what it is on, you know, like, for example, on Facebook now, because now it's not even it's not even like it's a human being. You know, no, somebody is not monitoring this program's chat functions on a daily basis. But she said white trash, some computerized algorithm triggered a warning for her. So it's like people are, you know, they're just afraid to say to even you, you can't even make a joke. I made a joke about, you know. Uh, I made a joke about burning the car because there was a spider in it. But that was, I can't remember if it was, I think it was incitement of violence or hate. It wasn't hate speech. I think it was community standards against violence because I suggested that somebody burn a car because there was a spider in it. Because a spider's carry, you know. <laughs> it's just insane. Michael said, uh, he said, I posted that I was looking for a winch for my log skitter and was kicked off Facebook for a month. <laughs> a barrel of monkeys or cracker barrel works for Facebook. I mean, that triggers it? I mean, that that's what triggers it? I mean, the, the, it, there's got to be content. You know, 
Um, I don't always agree with uh, with with you know some of the comedians, and some of the comedians these days can be pretty rank. You know, they can they can be pretty uh, blue. I guess is what are the word I was looking for. But the bottom line is is that the some of these some of these guys who are being criticized. Uh, for the things that they say, I mean, I'm like, they're comedians. Comedians are always bleeding edge. Comedians are always out there on the ragged edge of kind of societal norms, poking fun back in at society. That's part of what makes them comedians. And if you neuter them and say, well, you can't make jokes about X, you can't make jokes about I mean, fill in the blank, whatever it is, you can't make jokes about that. Well, what that's what the job of a comedian is to and in some cases especially if we're dealing with darker subject material sometimes you need to be able to laugh about some of these horrific things just to be able to relieve the tension of what you know <laughs> i mean that's insane it's just insane but yeah somebody says hey um you know you said you said uh, i went to cracker barrel oh that's a hate speech what because it has the word cracker in it. I mean, I've made, you know, my my daughter makes my daughter makes this stuff we call Christmas crack and it's got crackers in it. Can I not post about that because it's got crackers in it? It's just insane. I just, you know, this is why I just want to talk about the holidays. That's what it's all about. It's more fun that way. All right, let's uh, go over to the phones and see what you guys have to say uh, this beautiful, beautiful Thursday morning. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Yeah, good morning. Uh, Bob DeVoter here in Fairbanks. Hello, Bob. What's up? Hey, uh, your, uh, bur- your bourbon recipe for that ham and stuff, I'm trying to figure out how do you use the rest of the ham? I don't want no bourbon, sugar-flavored, uh, scalp potatoes next day. What are, what are we doing here? Oh man, the, the ham is uh, you know the ham could be used for a variety of things. My wife always makes a three cheese mac and cheese with the leftover ham. She puts it in the cheese, and it is delicious. You get that kind of sweet and salty ham with, with a hint of bourbon and sugar, right? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. With the with the hint of bourbon yeah. and sugar, you put it in uh, there. Uh, it I makes it. Get that through. I'll tell oh. you what I've been doing the last uh, probably eighteen years. Okay, go ahead. I've been taking. Uh, Buy the ham at the store, wrapped in the old food-grade plastic that it is. Put it on a on a big cake pan. Put it in the oven at 170, low as it'll go. Never have it did anything to that freaking uh, uh, ham, period. Shove it in the oven five, six hours later. It'll puff up a little bit, two inches around it, because the ham is already cooked. And you have to wring the ham out in order to eat it. Otherwise, your whole shirt's going to need a bit you just you're saying so, you're you're saying look at that. You're and saying make you're, your brown sugar you, sauce on the wait, wait a second. You're <laughs> saying you you're saying you cook it in the plastic? In the plastic that it come in, yep. Interesting. And uh, at, at the lowest cap the oven can do on the bottom three quarters of the shelf, just set it in there, just spin it around once in a while. I really I got a convection of it, so it's smarter than I am. But uh no, you're not gonna die. If I'm gonna die then I'd be dead fifty times over from stupid stuff like that. But it's food grade plastic to start with. The tap ain't high enough to do anything. And you'll know it's done. you don't poke a hole in it now because then you're gonna get squirted in high. But uh 
It'll uh, you'll you'll know it's done when you see about oh an inch of juice in the bottom. But all right, it's only got to go to 140 for the old food safety program. But usually I run it around 150 something. And you, when it's time to eat, you whip that thing out, and I'm telling you, it's a waterfall falling off your knife as you cut it. And you're like, well, that's the ham that we used to eat before the big giant food safety program came along. Everybody was eating it like this. Right, <laughs> nice and nice I'm just and. Saying, it's, uh, all right. Give it a try. It's different. Well, I'll try. I mean, that'll be, I'll that... let you go. I'm, uh, Merry Christmas. I'm uh, about down the hill here. Okay, Bob. Merry Christmas to you. I'm going to run out of cell coverage. Thanks so much. Right, Appreciate you calling in. I mean, I've never thought of that. Sure, it'd be like cooking in its own juices. I imagine it would be juicy, but then it would be missing that delicious, crunchy, bourbony, brown sugary flavor on the outside. That's bull. I mean, but hey, I... It's ham. I love ham. But whatever you want to do, let's do it. Let's go over here. Good morning. Who's this? Where you call from? Yeah, this is Brady calling from northern Mexico. Hello, Brady. What's on your mind, sir? Oh, I don't know, but you guys are giving me the munchies, all that Christmas talk of hams and turkeys. Holy Christ, do I got the munchies this morning. Oh, it's uh, it's delicious stuff. I mean, food is good. We love to talk about holiday Christmas food. Oh, I used to like the weed that I got from Alaska, too. That was some really good purple. And then I'd have that right before that, like your holiday dinner. Holy crap, you got like two or three platefuls of food. <laughs> I mean, well, the munchies just go right off the, the off the top of the chart. Well, you don't need to eat the whole meal by yourself, Brady. That's not, you know, we should, we should share some for everybody else. Share some for everybody else. Uh, what's on your mind tonight or this morning, sir? What's well, going on? Well, that's why my mom buys a 30-pound turkey. Yeah, man, a 30-pound turkey? I think the biggest one I've ever cooked is like 25 pounds. I could barely fit it in my roaster. So 30 pounds, you'll definitely have turkey for days, my friend, turkey for days. Uh, anything else before I let you go? No, I just I haven't talked to you for a while. I moved uh, by the north, by the west rim of the Grand Canyon. I, I moved out of Vegas, and I, I went off the grid, so now I'm living up about 4,500 feet up in the mountains that overlook the west rim of the canyon. And uh, it's sure nice to get back to the country and get out of Mystery Babylon, Las Vegas. <laughs> that place is becoming a total H-E-L hole. And uh, it's not looking good. It looks like I think they're gunning for another lockdown. You see the people driving around with masks on again. It's horrible. Well, it's good to know that you made it out into the countryside, which I think is where a lot of people would prefer to be anyway. So good for you, Brady. Merry Christmas. Thanks for uh, calling in and coming on board this morning and sharing your sharing your munchies with us. Sharing the It's all it's all good. It's all good, my friends. All good. All right, what do we got? Uh well, we're going to jump into hour 2 in just a minute. Hour two, dead ahead, the Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Uh, Dr. Frank's coming up in hour two. Dr. Robert Frank is going to be joining us to talk about election integrity. So that should be, I mean, it's politics, I know, but I booked this long before I decided to pull the plug on the politics. So we'll get this, we'll get this one through. We'll get some information, and then we'll move on. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio.
Yeah, Jason's like, leftover ham? What is that? <laughs> well, when you get a ham that's like 20, 25 pounds, yeah, there is a, you know, there is some leftover. Oh, but one of the best things is you take the ham bone afterwards and uh, and you and you make a, a split pea soup out of it. Oh, so good. Uh, I mean, that is just so, so good. That's delicious. Oh man, that now I'm really now I'm really hungry for that. Um, Mike, did you see that truck that launched off the bridge on the Seward Highway? I saw that video. <laughs> that that was insane. That was on uh, that was at the Huffman overpass, uh, there by the highway. Holy cow! It's a video on Facebook. If you haven't seen it. Somebody had their dash cam on, and they're just driving, getting getting ready to go under the overpass at Huffman, and some vehicle launches itself off the edge of the bridge and just crashes down right in front of them. I mean, it's like a pucker factor moment. But again, just slow down. They're just slow down. Richard says, spider lives matter, Mike. It's just because, you know, the, 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 yeah, you're right. Spider lives matter, sure. Uh, Terry said there were cane spiders in Australia too. I would jump out of my car. They are huge. Yeah, they are huge. I mean, those cane. Sp- I mean, they are like this big around. I mean, they're their legs. You know, they're between a a large golf ball and a well, I mean, a, I guess a regular size golf ball and a baseball, depending on how big they're. Their bodies are pretty tiny, but their legs are like man. Uh, um, I got jacked up. What was this? Denise says one time she got jacked up on social media for posting a relish canning recipe. She still hasn't figured out how she got dinged on that hot water bath, maybe. I don't know. The whole thing is stupid. The whole thing is just stupid. Oh, Oh, man. There's a whole lot of J.I.H. going on here this morning. Whole lot of it. I can tell you right now. A whole lot. Is it a cracker recipe with saltines? Is that yeah? Yes, Jennifer. It is the cracker recipe recipe with saltines. We call it cronk crack. <laughs> That's with the saltine crackers and the toffee and then the chocolate on top and then you bust it up. Oh, that stuff is just bad. I mean, bad, bad, bad. It's just just absolutely bad. Um. Brady sounds like Bill Murray on Caddyshack. He does a little bit sound like Bill Murray on Caddyshack. You know, it's 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 great. Um. Uh, okay, split pea soup. Oh man, yes, it is so good. And you get that whole bone, and you know, I'll take and break the, I'll take it, freeze it, and then I'll break the bone in half so it gets all the marrow out, and then you got all those chunks of ham floating around in the, uh, uh, in the split pea, you know, because you know, I mean, I carve it, I carve a ham. There's still probably a pound of ham left on the bone on all the different places and in the knuckles and everything else, but when you boil that stuff out, it just comes right off. Oh, so, so good, so good, mm, always. Um, where is, we're waiting on Dr. Frank to, uh, jump into the uh, green room here. 
And uh, otherwise, we'll just... Uh, oh, I did that one. What about this one? Did that one? Okay. I got the next good news. All right. I'm just... I'm queuing up some good news just in case. Because you just don't, you know... We'll see this. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens here. Ten days ago, looking to see if uh, where Doctor Frank is here this morning. Um, they can't decipher waterboarding with water bath. I mean, that's the thing. If they're confusing waterboarding with water bath, that's a whole, that's a whole different problem set. You know, and the thing is, it's not even like you can appeal it, right? I mean, it's like they, they, you know, it's some, it's some computer somewhere that's just like, oh yeah, I'm, uh, you know, I, I decided that what you said was bad. Okay. I decided what you said was bad. And so we're not going <laughs> to, I said, there's a spider in the car. Now we have to burn the car. And they're like, you're inciting violence. What? I was just, it was, a, there's a spider in the car. The only way to do it is kill it with fire. And they're like, nope, sorry, hate speech. Okay, all right, I'm, 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 this is why I don't do social media anymore, really. I mean, we're doing it for the show, but personally, I don't really do social media for that reason alone. All right, Dr. Frank is uh, in the uh, chat room, in the uh, green room right now. <clears throat> he's Look at it, he's eating all those virtual donuts. I don't know what that's all about, but we're going to get to that here in a second. Let's go ahead and go over there and check his audio and video and make sure everything is good to go. And we'll get started. Uh, Dr. Frank joins us here this morning. Hello, sir. How are you? Testing one, two, three. I can't hear anything. You can't hear anything? I can hear you. Why can't I hear? He's, he's checking himself. I can hear him, but he can't hear me. So let me tell him in his private chat. I can hear you. There you I'm go. Not hearing. Okay, I can't hear you. Uh, okay. Why not? Let me take you off my head. Let's see here. All right. There we go. Back going just to regular. Can you hear Seven me now? One. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? I can hear you now. You can hear me now. Okay, good. All right, good. All right, well, we're coming up on it here, so, Doc, so hold on a second. I'll put you back in the green room. We'll be right back to you. Don't eat all the virtual donuts that are in the virtual green room. We'll be right back. The Michael Duke Show continues. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Hour 2 is right now. Put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. 
Live around the world on the internet at MichaelDukeShow.com and across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or FM translator, it is the Michael Duke Show. It's uh, just another beautiful day in the world and we are ready to go. Are you ready to uh, you, you ready to to feel it? Well, we're jumping away from the Christmas spirit for just a minute to talk a little bit about politics. We booked this uh, we booked this a while ago, and so uh, we're going to dive back down into politics for a few minutes before we surface again here. Remember, next week it's going to be all about the holidays and memories and favorite foods and movies, and it's going to be lighter side stuff all next week. With Wednesday being the final day of broadcast for the year. But uh, let's dip our toes once more into the political pool for the final foray into this uh, this year as we talk about it. Um, let's uh, let's uh, let's get to it. Our guest this hour um, is uh, Dr. Frank, who has uh, been uh, called by many people. <laughs> this is what I love. P- places like the L.A. Times is quoted as saying he is the Johnny Appleseed of election fraud. He wants to talk about election integrity. Uh, Douglas Frank joins us this morning to discuss this. He's going to be joining us uh, in the state of Alaska here for a whirlwind tour around the state. Juneau, Anchorage, Matsu, Fairbanks. Uh, He joins us this morning to talk about uh, election integrity in the U.S. Uh, Let's get uh, let's get started and bring him uh, bring him on the program right now. Good morning, Dr. Frank. How are you, my friend? Uh oh, we just now we lost Dr. Frank's audio. He first he didn't have my audio, and now I didn't have his audio. Are you with us, Doctor? Uh oh, we lost his audio. Well, he can hear me, but I can't hear him. Doctor, why don't you try and reconnect real quick? Why don't you try and reconnect? He's going to try and reconnect to the uh, uh, to the broadcast, and uh, we'll see if we can we'll see if we can get his uh, audio this time. It worked just a second ago. It's technology, man. It's technology. It worked, and now it's uh, and now it's not. Um, we're going to bring him back on and uh, and and talk with him about uh, what's going on and what he's going to be covering here inside the state of Alaska uh, in the coming. Let's try this again. We'll bring him back over here. Oh, now I can't hear him at all. I still can't hear him. All right. Uh, well, Doc, uh, I know, Doc, if you can hear me. You called me last week on my number, which you should have. Go ahead and uh, if you want to just call me on my phone number, we'll do that, and we'll uh, we'll get your we'll get, we'll we'll do it we'll do it via we'll do it live, we'll do it via phone, and you can call me on my phone, and we can go from there, and uh, and try that out. So we'll see if we can get Doctor Frank on the phone, and uh, uh, we'll see what uh, we'll see what he has to say here. Don't forget, of course, if you haven't yet, you can post uh, up your favorite holiday recipes for our recipe contest. Uh, and that is uh, going to be going on until that's going to be going on until next uh, Wednesday when we announce the winner. Uh, let's see if we got the doctor. Can you hear me, doctor? <laughs> and I can't hear him. I don't know. This is uh, Doc. I'm going to call you right back. Let me do this. Let me let me try, let me try this one more time. Hey, there we go. Now I got I got audio on my end. My end. My end. Testing my one, two, three. One, yep. Two, three. You'll have to go ahead and mute your uh, speaker from your computer, there, Doctor. We'll we'll get that done. 
Uh, did that did that fix it? You fixed it. You fixed it. It's amazing. We have the technology. We can make it happen. Um, all right. Sorry about sorry about that. Hey, you know what? It's if this is the worst thing that happens today, I count that as a good day. You know, that's all. That's all I can say. I count that as a good day, my friend. Uh, all right. So, Doctor uh, Doctor Frank is going to come in, Doctor Douglas Frank, and he is uh, talking with us today about election integrity. Now, first and foremost, I know, Doctor, you're going to be, by the way, Nobel uh, Prize nominated doctor uh, uh, scientist uh, has got some background in all different kinds of things, uh, but has been focusing primarily in uh, statistics and the dealing with the kind of election questions and integrity and everything else. So, Doc, if first and foremost, before you tell us about your trip up here, give us a little bit of background about where you are, who you are, where you come from. Uh, I'm a scientist. I've been, I did that for 40 years. Um, uh, my PhD is in surface electroanalytical chemistry. That's a mouthful. Basically, what it means is I know how to analyze molecules on surfaces. And uh, in the 1990, I made a famous discovery that uh, made the cover of Nature and Science and a, a bunch of the leading journals in the world, which was a good thing because it enabled me to leave university academics, <laughs> which was which was becoming increasingly toxic day by day. So I went into business for myself and I ended up um, manufacturing, inventing and manufacturing, designing all kinds of interesting devices over the last 30 years. Uh, and then I thought I was going to retire to the country. Uh, I built myself a laboratory out in the country where all I hear are birds in a river. And um, then the election happened and somebody invited me from the state of Pennsylvania to come look at their election, uh, a candidate there in Montgomery County. If you'll recall, Montgomery County is that county where they, <clears throat> excuse me, where um, they had four Supreme Court cases to the uh, after the 2020 election. And so a candidate there asked me to look at their election. I looked at it and lo and behold, I found all kinds of problems. So I was introduced to the legislature there and they put me on a special committee where I had access to everything I wanted and found tons of fraud. So that was the beginning of an amazing adventure that I've been doing now for three years. This month marks the three year anniversary of me being in this movement because I voted in 2020 and I thought it was real and boy, oh boy, have I learned otherwise. Uh, so you have been behind the scenes, taking a look at stuff, analyzing it. Um, I uh, and I'm on record as saying that, you know, while I believe that there is election fraud going on, I'm not sure that it, I'm not convinced overall that it overturned the election in, in per se. But what I did say is that I believe that the damage that's done by the fraud that is out there and the undercutting of the electorate's um, uh, you know, confidence in the electoral process is a huge problem. Whether or not that was the cause of how the election turned out or not, the bottom line is, is that the undercutting, you're seeing people throw their hands up in the air and walk away because they're so concerned about it. And so whether or not it's real or not, or, you know, I mean, it, it, to me, the biggest component is the undercutting of the confidence in the electoral process. That's a dangerous thing in my mind. You're dead on. Um, I, and I agree with your uh, uh, objective opinion there, you know, even whether or not there's fraud. Uh, now, of course, I can give you all kinds of evidence of issues, but but whether or not I convinced you or not, you know that your public is even more disenfranchised now than they were before the election. The public doesn't trust our elections at all anymore. So I always tell people, you know, even if uh, even if you um, 
trust the machines. Half of your people don't. So get rid of them so that you can re-enfranchise half of your people. I, I agree. So you are coming up here to the state of Alaska to kind of share your thoughts, your ideas, suggestions, uh, solutions. Uh, give us a little bit of the uh, give us a little bit of your of your uh, itinerary, what's happening and what you're, what you're going to be discussing. Well, today's my last day in Alaska. I've been here. It'll have been eight days. I flew in and I've, you know, uh, they called it the icebreaker tour, which I thought was apropos since it's my first time to Alaska. Um, I've been in now 47 states. You uh, mentioned at the top of the program that I'm called the Johnny Appleseed of election integrity. And that is correct. I've been going around the country teaching um, county by county what's going on. And I usually, you know, I spent most of 2021 meeting with uh, senior election officials state by state thinking that if I showed them uh, how corrupt their elections were, if I hacked into their elections right in front of their face, that they would go, oh my goodness, we have a problem and that they would fix it. And that's a problem with being a scientist is you, you trust truth and logic and evidence. And that isn't what politics does. So <laughs> I had to learn that lesson in 2021. And so then all of 2022, I basically went around county to county teaching people um, how to find fraud and how to find the problems in their local elections. And then that empowers them to change the system. Uh, I was shocked by something. Um, you know, one of the good things about being boots on the ground like me, where I actually go to and meet the people in person, you know, I'm not just Zooming with everybody, is I spend time in every state. And I've learned, I've been now in 800 counties, boots on the ground, uh, 47 states over the last three years. I do this almost every day of my life. What I've learned, uh, what shocked me in Alaska, let me tell you what I mean. In most states, in most states, you have a, a, a state government and then you have it divided into counties. You guys have boroughs, but the counties have a constitutional officer. What do I mean by that? Well, the sheriff of a county is a sworn in individual who has constitutional authority in that county. So let's say, for example, like in New Mexico recently, the governor says, Oh, no, it's an emergency. It's an emergency. We're going to put a temporary ban on open carry uh, for your sidearms. Well, the sheriffs in the state of New Mexico came back and said, governor can say whatever she wants, but the Constitution guarantees my citizens the right to carry. So I'm, we're going to interpose. We're going to tell the governor to go pound sand that our citizens can continue to bear sidearms. Now, what are they doing when they interpose like that? What they're really doing is they're saying, no, no. You may not, any policy that the government implements that disenfranchises our citizens from their constitutional rights, we're going to nullify. And so that's what most states have. They have a constitutional officer like that. Here I come to Alaska. You have no such officer. You are directly exposed to the tyranny of your governor. So if your governor says everybody has to comb your hair on the left side instead of the right side, there's nobody in between that can say, oh, no, 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 our constitutional rights guarantee us the right of freedom of speech, and some people express their opinion that way, we're going to interpose, and we're not going to enforce that law. You don't have that barrier. So it comes back to the actual government, the we, the people government, comes back to the people themselves. So what I've been mostly teaching people here is you're going to need to be the ones who defend your own constitutional rights. You're going to have to step up 
and interpose on your own behalf. And, and I, I exaggerate the situation a little bit. It would be like, what if your governor told you, hey, we're going to be in your neighborhood next week collecting sidearms, get them out. We're taking them away. What would you say to your government? You would say, come and take it. You would say, pound sand. <laughs> right. We're, we're, we're not going to give up. Well, well, I make this same analogous argument for our, your elections. Because the election system you're using at present is actually depriving you of your constitutional rights. And why would I say such a thing? Well, because when you, um, it, what we do is I go in a community and I teach them how to find fraudulent ballots. Now, what do I mean by a fraudulent ballot? Let's say that this year you're busy, you're sick, and you don't make it to the polls. And let's say I'm a nefarious actor and I'm watching uh, the election results come in and I'm watching uh, who has voted and who has not voted. And I noticed that Michael didn't vote. Okay, well, guess what? I'm going to print a ballot for him and stuff it. Now, what that means is that uh, I've cast a ballot using your name. That's a fraudulent ballot. That's, a not, that's not a real ballot. Now, when I cast that ballot, I am canceling out one of your other citizens' real ballot. So when I do that, I'm depriving them of their constitutional rights. So that's why I teach counties how to find actual fraud in their actual communities. And if it was just one or two cases, we would just walk away because obviously that's just grandma voting for grandpa because she knows how he would vote anyway. But if you've got 50 or 100 of these cases, we prove that it's systemic. Systemic fraud is depriving the local citizens from their constitutional rights. Right. So therefore, in, in other states, in other states, the sheriff would step in and interpose. But in your state, it's going to have to be the citizen. And you guys have already sort of been waking up. I'm here in the valley, in the Matsu Valley. And here, the people here are already waking up and saying, hey, we don't trust these machines. We're counting the ballots ourselves, much to the dismay of your state government. So yeah. you see how this is. It's, yeah, no, it's, it's this is um, Alaska's Alaska's an interesting dichotomy in that way. We'll talk about that a little bit when we get back for the break. But Alaska is a bit of a different uh, is a little bit of a different uh, critter because we do things strangely. And yet we've got some of the most strong work, some of the most, I say, libertarian minded or, 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 you know, kind of conservative individualists. Yet at the same time, we have some of the strongest government structures in the country, which is kind of ironic. But we'll talk about that more when we get back. Uh, Dr. Frank is our guest. We're talking about election integrity. We're going to be back with more in just a moment. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Marty was pumped for Christmas. Well, I'm pumped for Christmas. Ow! So Marty just bought himself everything he wanted. Yeah. Because Marty has no friends. Uh, that turned dark. It's the Michael Dukes Show. Dr. Frank is our guest uh, here in the break. If you've got any questions for him now, would be the time to uh, to call up and uh, or to uh, uh, type it up here in the chat room and and discuss it. So, I, and I apologize, Doctor. I thought that uh, I thought that you were just starting the tour. I did not realize you were at the end of the tour. So that's my apologies uh, on that. Are you you have uh, what, what what's your next presentation? Or you have one more before you leave? Or what's going on? Yeah, tonight, tonight here I'm in Wasilla right now, and I'm actually I think I have two presentations today. Um, I can bring that up on my calendar. Uh, let's see here. I've got one at ten o'clock. Uh, it's at the um, food group. 
Uh, Kathy Tilton represents Wasilla. Let's see. Uh, so I think she might be there today, but it's from 10 to 12 Alaska time. I'm not sure where it is. John Nelson is the organizer of that. You know, my problem is I don't do my own scheduling and <laughs> people pick me up. And yeah. so I just go where I'm told. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I hear and you. And tonight I'm going to, uh, this afternoon, I'm going to be, uh, it says here, Kelly, uh, see, um, something, Red America first. Um, that might be a Zoom call. And then at six o'clock, I've got um, another event, a dinner meeting, Big Lake Family Restaurant at 6 p.m. Alaska time. So I don't know if that if those have any meaning to you. Um but that's I just yeah. know I'm showing up. And, no, Big and Lake, my, <laughs> Big Lake Family Restaurant's yeah. not too far. I mean, I'm in. You're you're just a few miles away from me right now. So we're all you know we're we're doing this via video, but we're uh, we're all in it. Okay, so uh, we'll uh, we'll see if we can get some some more details. But Big Lake Family Restaurant tonight at six p.m. is a yes. uh, is a big one. So that'll that'll be good. Um, Doc, I, I'm sure that uh, you've heard. You know, like I said, people like me who who. Uh, who believe that the biggest problem of this thing, whether or not, and again, I'm not 100% convinced that the election got flipped uh, because of the fraud. I, I, I believe that there is fraud. I'm just not sure that it is as endemic as most people are talking about. But again, the biggest challenge to me is what it's doing to the confidence of the electorate. I think that, again, is the, is the slippery slope there for people, because once people start to lose faith in their government, it's what we call, you know, we talk about the creation of an Irish democracy, you know, where the rule of law becomes so ridiculous that people just stop, you know, they just basically stop paying attention to it because they've lost confidence in it. And that's kind of a, that's yep. a, that's a step in that direction. Am I, am I right? Am I wrong? What, what are your thoughts? Oh, you're right. You're right on target. And, you know, systematically our culture has been more and more apathetic more and more complacent and you know when as i've studied your elections in alaska you're you epitomize this um you you i agree with you i i see here in alaska you know i come in objectively because i've been all over the country i see here a bunch of rugged pioneer you know stay out of my business kind of people uh very libertarian and i understand that uh, but what's going to happen is like what happened in Ohio, where I'm from, um, in 2020, 60,000 Amish people came out to vote for the first time. And the reason they did is because the government was imposing COVID restrictions on them. And so they were saying, hey, get out of our face. I guess we're going to have to vote. We're going to have to vote because otherwise we're going to uh, our governor is going to you know, treat us poorly. So it, I see that same kind of attitude with you guys. But you aren't awake sufficiently, apparently, to come out and vote uh, because you have some of the lowest turnouts I've seen anywhere in the country, just ridiculously low numbers of people. Now, now I have to back off from that because when you say turnout, you're, you're basically saying what percentage of the people have turned out. And I'll, I also have to tell you, and I'm sad to report, that you have the dirtiest voter rolls in the country. You have 108 percent of your people registered. So you have a really big denominator. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> that makes sense. No, that's exactly that's exactly <laughs> it. 
that means we're <clears throat> the ding means we're about to return to radio. But I want to get into that because that was going to be my next point. Is that yes? Yeah. I mean, look at look at what we've got with our voter rolls here. It's it's pretty astonishing. Yes. Uh, Dr. Frank is our guest. Uh, we're going to continue to talk with him about uh, voter integrity and uh, and uh, voting here in the state of Alaska. We're going to focus here on Alaska for a minute, and then we'll go back to the national scale, and he can try and convince us as to whether or not this is uh, the problem that uh, some people think it is. Let's get back to it. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty-Based, Free-Thinking Radio. Let's uh, Let's go. Okay, we're continuing right now. Dr. Douglas Frank is our guest. Uh, He has been going around the country over the last three years looking at the voter rolls, looking directly into local elections and uh, and uh, seeing uh, what is wrong, talking about voter integrity and uh, and fraud that he sees happening across the country. He's been here in Alaska and he just he made a couple interesting points here. First and foremost, um, I had a conversation with one of the framers of the Alaska State Constitution here about 10 or 15 years ago, and we talked specifically about the fact that Alaska has boroughs instead of counties. And that was one of my questions was, why boroughs instead of counties? And specifically, they he said that one of the reasons why was that because of the population base, we had such a low population, they didn't feel like we needed sheriffs to be out there and do all this, you know, some of the other things that come from a county-type system. And and I've always wondered if that was a mistake, because, again, as you said, the last, you know, line of constitutional duty is that sheriff, they get to help decide and they are a public official who is elected by the local folks. And it is the lowest level of government, basically, you know, uh, and, and line in the sand. And I've often thought that that has has been problematic. Unfortunately, we would have to amend the Constitution of the state of Alaska to be able to make that happen, which is unlikely to occur. But that is a that's a big deal uh, for the state. You've seen and it, you've mentioned it. So I'm assuming you, we've seen other um, uh, places where county sheriffs have stepped up in that regard. Is that true? Oh, certainly. You know, and, and in our former discussion, I mentioned the situation in New Mexico where the governor said, um, you know, we're going to put a temporary ban. Oh, no, this is an emergency. By the way, let me just pause that for a minute. During emergencies, that's when you need your constitution, not when you suspend your constitution, okay? And so, but it seems like, you know, never let an emergency go to waste. So there's an emergency in New Mexico. So the governor says, oh, we're going to put a, an emergency ban on your sidearms and carry an open sidearms. That's when the sheriff stepped in and said, hold it right there. I, I've sworn an oath to defend the constitutional rights of my citizens. I'm not letting, I'm not going to enforce that. Right. My citizens are free to continue their constitutional rights. Well, it's the same way with our elections. And for example, in Northern California, uh, I, that's one of the places, in fact, where I'm headed next, um, in, in a town, uh, a county called Shasta County, uh, the sheriff there backs the people. The people have said, we don't trust the state election system anymore. We see that we've, and we found 350 cases of fraud in our own county. And, and this is systemic fraud. We don't want to use the state system anymore because when we use the state system, we become disenfranchised from our constitutional rights. Therefore, 
we are going to run our own election, thank you very much. And we're going to have paper poll books and paper ballots that we hand mark. We're going to count our own ballots. We're going to report our own tallies. And the state's free to come and watch us all they want. Everything's going to be transparent. Everything's going to be uh, uh, out for audit ability. But we're going to run it because, like Stalin said, it doesn't matter who votes. It matters who counts the votes. And so we're going to count our own votes. We're going to run our own election. And then when the state comes along and says, oh, no, 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 we're not going to let you do that. We're not going to let you do that. Then the sheriff comes in and says, oh, well, you state you can say anything you want. But guess what? I have the keys to the building and my citizens are going to claim their constitutional rights here and nullify any policy which threatens those constitutional rights. So that that's an example of what you don't have in Alaska. Right. Except you do have the first part of that which is very exciting to me and very gives me great optimism for you here on the peninsula, especially in the valley, Matsu Valley. I see that your people are already saying, we're not going to follow what you say, state. But they've kind of only gone like the first baby step in that direction because they're they're only counting their own ballots on municipal elections, not the statewide. And I think they should go all the way. You know, it, it's like if you go to the doctor and he tells you have 20 tumors and he's only going to take out one. I think you're still dead. I think you need to take out all the tumors. You need to make your commitment and go. Right. Exactly. I, I think that's great. Now, you mentioned, you know, one of the most American of ideals is the idea of civil disobedience. Right. I mean, you kind of mentioned that earlier where we kind of ignore that. Uh, the problem with elections is that if you are. And, and you know, I call it civil disobedience. You have a choice to vote or not. But, you know, I think the problem with undermining the confidence in the electorate is that people just kind of throw up their hands. And we see that. You just mentioned that we have some of the most abysmal voter turnout rates in the country, which I agree. I mean, I've been I've been railing against this for years. We still do. Now, part of that is due to the fact that we have a voter roll that is it's out of control. It, it, it has not been purged in years. We've got, you know, uh, somebody said last election cycle, one of my commenters in the chat room said something about that she received a ballot for her son who had been dead for 10 years, uh, you know, in the mail. I mean, they're just not cleaning the rolls. And you actually pulled a number. What was 108 percent? Yes, you have 108 percent of your voting age people registered. So when you say it's a low turnout, what you're really saying is the proportion of the people registered voting. Well, your denominator is extra big. So, uh, you know, when you're taking that ratio. So, OK, yes, you still even even with that extra big denominator, you still have abysmal turnouts, but they make them even worse appearing because your, your voter rolls are artificially inflated. Yeah, no, I mean, that's great. But even with that, I will say that even if we had the let's say I wave a magic wand and we we clean up the voter rolls when you've got it. Yes. When you've got a just barely a 10 percent voter turnout, even if it's 108 percent right. of registered, even if they cut it yes. back to, you know, 90 percent or something, it would still barely yes. be in the double digits. It's it's just insane that people. And I think that's what it is. I think people are just like, I'm so sick of the divisiveness. I'm sick of the polarization. I don't trust it now. I've got all these questions and right. I'm just, I'm not going to deal with it. Fine. Somebody else deals with it. But that reminds me, of course, of the old saying of government is what happens to you when you stop paying attention. And that is, I think, my biggest concern at this point. 
You just, it's what you said is reminiscent of Plato, who said the penalty for refusing to get involved in politics is you end up being governed by your inferiors. <laughs> and that's, that's, that's what, that's the situation you're in. You, you brought up something really good about, about the voter rolls. Um, the, in your state of Alaska, let's say you pass away, you know, I love you, but rest in peace, brother. So let's say you die today. And so your spouse or one of your family members goes into your county clerk or your borough clerk. Sorry if I say county, the rest of the place has counties. <laughs> so you're a borough, you go up to your borough clerk and you say, hey, Michael passed away yesterday. Here's a copy of his obituary, you know, come to the memorial service next week. And in other words, there's no doubt you've passed. Well, your clerk cannot remove you from the rolls. Your state controls the rolls. Everything has to be done through the state. And you and I know how efficient state government is. And so what happens is over the years, your rolls are just absolutely filthy. And then uh, because they, you haven't removed all the pe people who have passed away, you haven't removed all the people who have moved away and are now voting in other states. Now we're gonna compound it by yet another factor which is why you have the dirtiest voter rolls in the country. And that is that you have a policy where anybody getting their PFD is automatically put in the roll. Okay, and so what happens is you have these, you can see it, and I have graphs that I show people in my talks. You can see these surges in the rolls whenever you change policy. And you don't see nice corrections, you know, due to, due to cleaning up the rolls. You just see these surges. And so you've surged right past your, your uh, population in terms of, of number of people in the roles. It's, it's really quite obvious when you look at the data. So my job is to wake the people up and to let them see this. And I'm a scientist, but I've learned that one of the most persuasive things is not to say your voter rolls have 108% of your people in it. It's much more perceptive to show them a picture. They see it with their own eyes and they go, what, that's us? How can that be? And so when we show that to the county clerks, which I've met with multiple county clerks now across the state of Alaska, they they all throw up their hands. They say, it's not our fault. Talk right. to the state. But but that's my point. OK, that's exactly my point. The fact that you're so inflated makes it so easy to cheat your elections because there are all these extra names that nefarious actors can use to stuff ballots. So you need to take the voter rolls back, not just the machines and, and how you vote. You need to take back the rolls locally so that your clerk can say, oh, shucks, you know, we love Michael, but he passed away last week. I'm taking him off the rolls. Right. You know, or, or Michael moved to Colorado. We're taking him off the rolls. Why would you why would you wish that on me? Why would I go to Colorado <laughs> of all places? No. <laughs> uh, well, let's uh, let's quickly here. We got about four minutes of this segment left. Let So I'm about solutions. So you you've laid out a lot of the problems. So what would you suggest yes. if uh, Dr. Frank had a magic wand and could fix Alaska right now? What would be the changes that you would make in the state of Alaska to bring our election integrity back on track? Well, good. That's, that's a, that's, there's two aspects to this. There's what you do legislatively from the top down, and then there's what you do um, with the real government from the bottom up. There's, there's two kind of approaches. So if I could wave my magic wand, I, I would tell the legislature we're going to return elections, control of elections, back to the boroughs. That would be my magic wand. Because does that solve all problems? Certainly not. But it would restore faith in the locals because the locals are in control of their own elections and they can use systems, they can use 
um, people that they trust. And so that would restore faith in the election. So that would be my magic wand. But that ain't never going to happen, brother, because the first rule of government is once you give government power that never gives it up willingly. So that's from the top down is not going to happen, but from the bottom up with. So my my other magic wand, if I could uh, do it from the bottom up, would be count, uh, borough after borough would step up and say, you know what? We're tired of the state disenfranchising us from our constitutional rights. We're going to take over our own elections like they did in Shasta County, Northern California, and like they have done in cities and counties all over the country. Um, I'm not taking credit for that, but I've been instrumental in about 35 cities and counties around the country taking these actions. And that's what I'd be looking for uh, if I had my magic wand. Right. And it, it just it, it, it lets the citizens reclaim their constitutional obligation, their constitutional um, rights. I, you know, I tell people the Second Amendment isn't the right to bear arms. It's the obligation to bear arms. It, you're supposed to have a well-regulated militia. Well, in the same way, your right to vote is really not a right to vote. It's an obligation to participate in our republic, and you need to take actions to um, to protect that and to implement that. Well, and <clears throat> that's why I've often said that, you know, we need to be reaching out to that unmuddled mass in the middle who basically have thrown their hands up and we need to bring them yes. back into the fold of of caring and and give. And I know it's messy and it's it's like stepping into a pigsty. I know that it's a it's a food yes. fight every time, but we can't we cannot just throw up our hands and walk away. We've got to do something uh, we've got to do something about it. We've got to keep pushing forward. Otherwise, as you said, we'll, we'll be ruled by by our inferiors. That's 100%, 100% true. Uh, Dr. Yes. Frank is our guest. We're going to continue the next segment. He's going to convince me as to why the election was overturned. And he's going to give us some, he's going to tell us the story of it in his mind and why it is the way it is. Dr. Uh, Frank is our guest, Douglas Frank. We're going to continue with him here in just a moment. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. It's the Michael Dukes Show. Oh, yeah, feeling this holiday thing. Give me some nog. You can fake your holiday spirit, or you can just try to find it for real. Happy holidays. Good luck with that. Streaming live every weekday morning, 6 to 9 a.m. on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay, Dr. Douglas Frank, our guest, continues on with us. Let me go back up here. I saw somebody had a question for this. Ask the good doctor about the veracity of the videos of people being paid to stuff ballot boxes, please. Is there And, and I haven't seen all of these things, uh, but I know that there have been... Uh, allegations of people actually, you know, stuffing boxes and say, is, are these the legit, are these the real deal in your mind? I've seen some of those uh, videos myself. Um, you know, there's the famous instance of 2000 mules, you know, that Dinesh D'Souza produced um, Salem radio produced that movie last year. Um, and a lot of those videos are not necessarily uh, reliable, but my, with my own eyes, I have seen, a video of people stuffing ballots. And there's a funny article in uh, a newspaper in Arizona. It said the sheriffs are arresting the mules and they're singing like canaries. And I've seen many of those instances and evaluated those for myself personally. And yes, those are cases of, of ballot stuffing. 
mules are paid something like uh, $10 a piece for every ballot they stuff. But, you know, I think it's easier to, I don't want to say convince people because I don't think it's my job to convince people. I think it's my job to show them their own evidence and show them the situation they're in and, and encourage them to do some right things. But for example, I was in UCLA last year, actually earlier this year, and uh, we, the students were telling us that they were being offered $200 a ballot for, for their ballots. So the students would go back to their dorm rooms and order a whole bunch of absentee ballots for all their suite mates and floor, you know, and fellow students, and then they would take them down to the local NGO. $200 is a lot of money for students, and, and, and they could, um, uh, sorry, hang on, I, my phone is ringing. Um, one of my schedulers probably telling me to remind me to be on your show. Anyway, so the, the students would be, um, uh, you know, offered money for the ballot. So then when those ballots are gathered by the NGOs, the non-government organizations, they would complete them and then they would hire mules to stuff them. And so, you know, that's a real phenomenon. And I've spoken to mules and I've spoken to uh, people that have participated in that myself personally. So there's there's at least some truth to that. What's different about me from most people is I'm a scientist and I don't like to make unsubstantiated claims. I like to make a model, make a prediction, then verify the prediction. That's what we do in the scientific method. So um, I don't just run around screaming bloody murder. I say, hey, we got a murder. Let's go investigate. Oh, here's a dead body. Okay, we got a murder. Well, and I think that's I think that's important. You mentioned, you know, the thing about the state of Alaska is that they're never going to give up the power. I mean, that's governments. I mean, that's governments everywhere. Right. Once you give them the power, the right. it's 10 times the work to claw it back than it was to actually give it to them. And we're seeing that even here. Well in this, we're seeing that here, even in the state of Alaska. Uh, one of our senators, who's a friend of the show, uh, Mike Showers, uh, was told of a report that was produced by the Office of Management and Budget uh, that was an investigation into the elections, into some of the problems with like the voter rolls and some of those things. Um, and he's been fighting for almost three years to get access to this report. He got a uh, he got a copy of it, but it was 90 percent redacted. I mean, this is a public report that was into the investigation and it is redacted and he cannot he just can't, he's a senator who's got bills on the floor trying to fix election things and he can't get a copy of this report and it's to me that's just that's the most astonishing thing i've ever heard that they you've got a governmental agency on a report on one of the most important functions of government as far as tallying and counting voting and things like that and they will not release the report that i mean is that any place else you're hearing things like this any place else uh, not to that extent, but, you know, I remember at the beginning of the program, you said, you know, gee, I'm going to see if I can get Dr. Frank to persuade me that we have problems with our elections. I think you just convinced yourself. If there was any proof that you have a problem is your government yeah. doesn't want anybody to look too closely. Well, let me, <laughs> let me clarify. I don't, I, I don't, it's not that I don't believe that there are problems with elections. My major, pro, my major question is whether or not the 2020 election was actually overturned and should have gone the other way. That's my main concern. And part of that is due yes. to the fact of, 
you know, Sydney, you know, what's her face, and you know, some of the things. Sydney Powell. Yeah, Sydney Powell, and some of the, you know, I mean, some of that stuff was just like so over the top, and like, guys, you're killing me. I mean, you know, and and so some yes. of that is that I believe that there's election problems. I I definitely believe. I just don't know that they are big enough to actually overturn the whole election. Now, possibly. But again, to me, the bigger problem was always the confidence issue in the electorate. That was always the thing. But yeah, there's no doubt Alaska has some serious issues. You'll recall that after the 2016 election that Hillary was going around the country screaming bloody murder that our elections were overturned and that she'd actually won and that the Russians hacked our elections. So that right. we had to listen to the Democrats for oh, four I know. years complaining, I... and now we're listening to the Republicans for your, four years. My point is, why are we doing this? It doesn't matter. And, and, and I can show you state after state. It doesn't matter whether it's red or blue. They're all corrupt. So we yeah. got to change our system. And I, I I totally agree with that. I totally agree with that. All right, Dr. Douglas Frank, our guest. We're going to continue here, the Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Like, share, subscribe, ring the bell. Let's do this thing. Here we go. Public enema number one. Oh, wait, sorry. Uh, enemy. Public enemy number one, which uh, makes more sense. On the other hand, he's a little bit of a pain in the uh, Michael Duke show. Yeah, what? I've never heard such a thing. Welcome back to the program, the Michael Duke show. Dr. Douglas Frank is our guest. We're talking about election. Public enema, I like that. Yeah, yeah public enema number one, that's me. Um, they yeah. call they, This show has often been called the, uh, the you know, your mental suppository. I'm just here to clean you all out and get you all squared away. Uh, well, well, you know the Italian word for uh, for enema, don't you? I, I do the Italian not. Italian word for enema? It's innuendo. It's, of course it is, because it's always innuendo. That's where it starts, is innuendo. Um, all right, let's, uh, let's, uh, let's move on to the national stuff and i've said <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna get you're gonna get us in trouble uh dr frank um so again i've said before i believe that there's problems with elections i believe that there is fraud going on uh i don't know how systemic it is you've you've you know you've raised the bar here on a couple things for sure um but i have not been 100 percent convinced that the election of 2020 was overturned or was valid or you know i i think that there's a lot of jaw jacking going on around this and you're right hillary in 2016 she cried the same thing and i felt the same way over that i was like oh man just move on you know kind of thing um and i feel kind of the same way with Sidney powell and giuliani and some of these other people doing some of the same stuff uh but so convince me so you know convince me why this made such a difference in 2020. Uh, give me a, you know, give me a, a shout out here, and then we'll finish up with uh, with wh- where we end up here on the uh, at the end here. What the what you're going to be doing tonight? Well, I, I've now analyzed more than 3,000 counties, right down to the individual voter address um, in the country, because I do this every day. I'm a scientist, and I've proven that there are algorithms functioning. That is an open and shut case. So once you know that there are algorithms functioning, then you know that there are uh, th- that there's the potential at least. So you know if you and I were sitting down and I were showing you data after data after data, and uh, I could convince you of that, I'm not going to try to do that just by waving my hands here on our on our uh, radio program. But yeah, 
if, if, if you know that the potential is there and that the algorithms are functioning, then it is possible to manipulate it. One of the things that people don't really understand is they're told all the time that our, uh, that our machines and our systems are not quote unquote on the internet. The machines are not connected to the internet. This is the, the phrase you hear over and over again. Well, one of the things I explain and I show evidence and, and I show people this is I go into a state and I'll meet with the secretary of state, for example, your, your lieutenant governor runs your elections in Alaska, but most states it's the secretary of state. And I'll go into their office and right in front of their faces, I'll hack, I'll hack into their elections. I mean, I can go into any of their counties, turn their machines on remotely and, and manipulate their elections right in front of their face. And it only takes a high school leveling of high school level hacking ability to make that happen. So in other words, the potential is there. And when they say the machines are not connected to the internet, that's sort of one of those definition of is is kinds of comments. It's it's a it's a carefully crafted sentence. Because like, for example, my phone isn't connected to the internet, but it can connect to the internet. Well, these machines can connect to the internet and we can, and they don't do it through the local Wi-Fi. They don't do it through the local internet. They do it through a, a, a modem that's built right into the motherboard of these Dell computer motherboards in these election machines that go right to the cell towers. So we can access them, not through the internet, through the cell phone networks. And so there's it's one of those careful phrases. And we have, you know, oodles of evidence. I'm sure you're a rational guy. If I showed you the evidence, you'd go, oh, wow, yeah, our machines are on, are connecting to the um, outside connections during the elections. And you'd say, wait a minute, that's not supposed to be happening. So just that first step would make you suspect that this is possible. Whether we proved it happened yet or not, that's a whole nother thing. And, and I appreciate um, your objectivity and you're saying, show me, you, you should live in Missouri, you know, the show me state, um, you know, show me. And I respect that. I'm a scientist. I, I give me the evidence. So then what I would do is I would then take you into counties and I would show you, see, here's how much is here. Here's how much is here. Here's how much is here. And then I would show you multiple state after state after state after state. And then uh, you would see where I would give justify each one of the cases. And then you would say, okay, yeah, I see it's about 10% in about every state. Well, about 10% in every state, that's that's enough to overturn the election. So that would be the approach I would take if I were going to try to convince you. That isn't what I usually do. I don't usually try to convince people. I usually just try to show them the evidence. And, and then I try to say, now, look, you know, whether or not it's flipped or not, this is a dumb way to run our elections. Yeah. And your your, your um, constitutional rights are being disenfranchised from you. And here's the proof. And by the way, I'm going to let you find your own proof in your own community. Go knock on these 10 doors. And when you do, you're going to find five cases of fraud. How do you feel about that? So you see where I'm going? In other words, I right. don't, I don't, I let them prove to themselves that you have fraud. And that's what's going to be coming up in the next several months. You're going to be hearing a lot about this in your state. I've started several bonfires. I got bonfires going to Juneau, <laughs> Fairbanks, uh, down in Homer, and several places on the peninsula. So it's going to be you're going to be hearing a lot about this. Well, and that's good. I, again, I, I again, I think that there is problems. And yes, I understood, you know, one of those things is that technology is one of those things where people are like, oh, it's not connected to the Internet. Well, but that is it connectable? Is it connectable to anything? Exactly. And that's the thing. Now, you mentioned mm -hmm. something about there is an algorithm and you could see the algorithm. And now, as a scientist, that's your jam. Right. I mean, that's right up your alley. So explain that Absolutely. to us. You're seeing an algorithm. You're seeing trends 
And I mean, that's how you look at data and you analyze it and you say, okay, where are the patterns? Where are the trends? So explain, yes. we got about five minutes here. Explain this algorithm to me, explain what you're seeing in the overall picture. Sure. So I, I discovered this in December of 2020, that if I go into a state and I download the voter rolls and I downloaded the voting history of every voter, that all I have to do is look at one county in a state. And if I say, well, how many 18 year olds voted in that county? How many 19 year olds? How many 20 year olds? And I map that out from 18 years up to 110 years, you know, there'll be a certain interesting morphology, there'll be a certain shape. And what I noticed is that if I use that shape, I can predict the turnout in every other county in that state. And that alone is surprising because why would everybody in every county vote in the same way? I mean, the 18 year olds in one county are certainly not the 18 year olds in another county, you know, and you've got uh, university towns versus rural towns versus urban towns versus Amish towns. It should be different uh, in different counties, but it's not. If I study one county, I can predict all the others, that morphology of, of who voted. That is a surprising thing, but here's, now let me take it to the next level. But if I use that same shape and I just step up, say I did that in Ohio, and I step over the border and go into Indiana, that doesn't work anymore. But I'll study one county in Indiana and I can predict all the other counties in Indiana. And then I'll step over the border and go into Illinois and do one county and I can predict all the counties in Illinois. So what I've proven, and I've shown graphs of this, and I've testified before multiple legislatures, is that the elections in every state are centrally controlled. And it, there's a simple algorithm operating that, that controls that. Now, that's just one of the many algorithms that I've been able to show. That's just one. There's another one. Um, how do you put people in the voter rolls? And a simple example of that, I'm, I know we're short on time, so I'll be efficient, is if you clean up your voter rolls too aggressively, they fill right back up. What? How, how could that happen? So, for example, Judicial Watch has been going around the country suing county after county, state after state for having too many people in their voter rolls. And that, that happened this year, 2023 in February. Judicial Watch sued the county of Los Angeles. And by law, they had had to remove 1.2 million people from their voter rolls. That's over one in four of their voters. They had they like you weren't cleaning their voter rolls properly. Well, within two months, they were full right back up again with the new non-real voters. Now that's exactly what my algorithm shows how that happens and, and how that operates. And we actually have uncovered the source code for that and downloaded it off of the machines in the state of Wisconsin, for example. And this is not speculation on my part. We actually put that source code into evidence before their, their state legislature. It's it's all there. So it's not it's like not like I'm just waving my hands out here. We we have the hard, we have the goods. We also have forensic images. Forensic images when you back up all the software and back up all the deleted files and the logs and everything off of a device for Dominion machines. And you, people may have heard of that from Mesa County, Colorado. We actually have six uh, counties around the country where we have forensic images of the machines during the elections, before, during, and after. It's, we can show that there are algorithms operating. It's, it's not speculation. So if you know that, if you know that the machines can connect to the internet and you know, or at least can be connected from outside influences, and you know that there are algorithms functioning, 
whether or not there's sufficient fraud to overturn an election or not, you know that the potential is there. It's a problem. And so then when yeah. you see a, re and when you see the when you see the massive turnouts, I mean Biden who campaigned from his basement for the whole time got more votes than any other president in history. You know that's just not uh, that's not a very <laughs> likely outcome. And then knowing those other elements, you could you could at least you, you one could convince oneself. Uh, that there was a sufficient fraud to overturn the election. But it, as a scientist, I, I like quoting what Einstein said. He said, any scientist who believes his own theory ceases to be a scientist. So I don't believe anything. I just look at evidence and give you evidence. 6 p.m. tonight, Big Lake Family Restaurant. If you'd like to meet Dr. Frank uh, and discuss it, doctor, I'd love to have a further conversation about this sometime in the new year. I'll get back with you on that. Hold the line, please. Folks, we're out of time. Tomorrow is Firearms Friday. Jacob Sullum from Reason Magazine. We'll see you then. You know, this, like you said, this is this is a red state and a blue state problem. I mean, this is a problem. And so my question becomes, objectively, as a scientist, and I'm not asking you to convince me, but objectively, this is not a one-party, this is a power problem. This is a politician versus citizen problem, not a not a donkey versus elephant, not a whatever. This is a You are correct. This is a power broker, politician, elites versus Boom. a citizen problem. And that's the oldest problem in the book. It's we the people versus central control of our lives. It's the oldest battle that's you know of government, which is why we wrote a constitution in the first place. And here we are all ratcheted in with the government in control. And I love what you said. I might steal that one off the coach you. And Michael Dukes taught me this one, that it's 10 times harder to get back to power to, to, once, the, once it's oh, ratcheted in at the government absolutely. level. That's absolutely true. And that's what we're fighting. That, and that's what we're up against. I, I, you know, your voter rolls are dirty, 108%. You're the dirtiest in the country. But there are eight states in this situation. Eight states have more people in their voter rolls then they have people available to put in the rotor rolls and half of them are blue states and half of them are red states. It ain't a blue state problem. Right. No, it's, and that's the thing. I think we get stuck in that dichotomy of, you know, Oh, it's a, it's an elephant. It's a donkey. It's a, whatever we get hung up on that. And we don't realize yeah. that at the time they're all cackling into their beards, twisting their mustaches and saying more power, more power. That's what it is. I mean, this is why well I'm said. this is why I'm a libertarian and not a Republican. Me too. Uh, I'm a libertarian yeah, too because of that same reason is that I think that they're all part, they're all in it together, and they're all doing it on purpose. That's the that's the 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 bottom line, and that is that blows my mind. Uh, Doctor Frank, I appreciate you coming on 6 p.m. tonight at the big uh, Big Lake uh, Restaurant, Big Lake uh, Family Restaurant. It's a this is an issue. I, I'd like to have you back on. We have Mike Shower on quite frequently. And we should have you guys on together to talk about voter integrity, what he was working on, what you're working on, and how we can mesh it together. Um, I have your I have your secret squirrel phone number now, so I'll I'll send you a text in the new year sometime, and we'll get together again and do this again. I I think you're going to want to, because like I said, I've started a bunch of bonfires in your state, and those people and and what I'm doing is I'm putting together teams of people that are not just going to be screaming bloody murder, you know, the same claims you've been hearing. They are going to be showing actual cases of fraud. People who are dead, but you counted a ballot from them. People that live in another state, but you counted a ballot from them. People that, you know, that'll sign the affidavit swearing they didn't vote. Like Jehovah's Witnesses, they don't vote, right? 
Well, if you got a bunch of Jehovah's Witnesses in your rolls that are voting, uh, you know, it's like you can prove that the ballots you're counting are fraudulent. And people are, I, I've got, I've got at least five teams now set up in your state in different cities, and they're going to be proving that. So uh, we're not going to make any unsubstantiated claims. They're going to be real claims. And that, and that's going to increase the public awareness. And right. on your show, you're going to want to cover that because well, it's a public awareness issue. We've got a legislature, a former legislator, who's about to go to court. This has been going on for three years waiting for this to happen for just such a thing. Dead people voting, you know, 26 ballots coming from one trailer complex in in uh, in Anchorage. I mean, this is this is a real deal. There are some real problems and we need to address it for sure. But, yeah, we'd love to have you back on. Uh, and uh, and to do it, appreciate the work, appreciate the uh, the uh, uh, you know the integrity and and the honesty of what you've given us today. We appreciate that, and uh, we'll give you more chance to come out and lay out more details and facts in the future, and let people decide for themselves whether it's a problem or not. I love that. Yeah, I sure. think that's good. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Doctor Frank, Merry Christmas to you, my friend. Thank you for coming on board, and uh, we will be doing this again in the new year. I'll be. You'll be you'll be blocking my number in the future. I'll be hitting you up with so many requests. We'll see you. We'll see you down the road. Okay. Very good, my friend. Merry Christmas to you too. Merry Christmas. Thanks for coming on board. All right, folks. That does it for today. We are out of time. Tomorrow is Firearms Friday. We are looking forward to that. And then next week, it's all Christmas all the time. Oh yeah, I'm ready for that. I am ready for that. All right, folks, we will see you tomorrow right here, The Michael Duke Show. shed our terrestrial radio skin and now we are slimy lizard internet people it's the michael duke show